All right, we'll be in Mark chapter 7 today, Mark chapter 7. We've been talking about uh, who is God and uh, looking at different aspects of who God is, different things that God has done and, and who He is to us. And today we're going to look at a God without tradition, a God without tradition or traditions, and uh, point us back to the most important thing that we can uh, we, we should follow uh, here. Look in Mark chapter 7 and uh, look at verse number 5. We'll read that as a text. We'll look at more verses than that, but we'll look at that as a text this morning. Mark chapter 7, verse number 5. The Bible says, Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, speaking about Jesus, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands. Now we're going to talk about that in detail today. Um, the question here is not what we ask our children. Why didn't you wash your hands? That wasn't the question that was being asked here, although that was part of it. But they asked the question, why do your disciples, your followers, why do they not follow the tradition of the elders? The, the laws that we have been following, the things that have been put in place, why don't they do those things? It was more than just washing of hands. You should wash your hands before you eat. It's a good thing to do. But it was more than that. It was a much deeper question than why didn't they wash their hands. It's why are they not following the rules, the guidelines, the standards, the traditions of the elders. I want to look at that today and uh, biblically look at that today and look at who God is and to know that God is a God without traditions. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. I pray that I would speak purely from what you wanted me to say. Lord, I pray that we would stick strictly to the Bible this morning. God, I pray that you would give me wisdom and help. And Lord, I pray that your word would challenge us today. Lord, if it needs to be a changing of a mindset, I pray that it would do that. Lord, if it needs to be a changing of heart, I pray that it would do that. Lord, if it just needs to be an encouragement today, I pray that it would encourage God, I pray that you'd help me to speak these words, to present your word clearly and correctly this morning. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We need to make sure that we do not allow the traditions of the last 60 years to be our foundation for how we decide to live our life, for how we choose to live our life. We need to let the Bible determine our actions, determine our standards, determine our lifestyle. If we, if we build our life up on the tradition of the church, so to say, of the tradition of this is the way it's always been done, even though it's only been done that way for 60 or 70 years. Uh, but if we build up our life and we, we make decisions based off of our standards, how we live, the entertainment we allow into our lives, the, uh, what we wear, what we uh, do, those sorts of things, if we base it off of of church tradition, eventually it's going to crumble and we're going to be left looking around going, well, wait, why did I do that? Uh, if we build our uh, anything, you can any standard in your life, whatever it is, if you're building it off of someone else's standard and not the Bible, eventually it's going to crumble because the person in whom you built it off of is going to do something or you're going to find out they did something and you go, wait a second, well, is... Is what that person said ever true? Is anything they ever said true? Um, sadly, that's happened many times over, uh, over the span of the last 60 to 70 years. 
And it brings us back to the important uh, uh, um, knowledge that if we don't base what we do off of the Bible, we're going to have a hard time standing firm when we need to stand firm. We might have the right music standard, but we might have it for the wrong reason. And if we have the right standard for the wrong reason, then guess what? Someday it's going to happen, then we're going to go, wait a second, is that the right standard? Because our reasoning was wrong behind it. If we have the right dress standards, but for the wrong reason, then someday we're going to go, wait a second. So is that really an important standard to have? Now, I think most of you know me well enough to know where my standards are and and uh, I've always been accused of having high standards by most people. There have been some who I guess have said I had low standards, but, uh, um, but that was just my mom with Katie. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, no, I just think that's, that's recorded. Um, we need to base our standards off of the Bible and stick with them. A lot of what we do as Christians, many of us grew up in church, not all of us, but many of us did. When we grow up in church, we get taught, oftentimes correctly, do this and don't do this. Avoid this and, and try to find this. But sometimes in that, we, we become to the point where now we're being told something and we, we've never seen biblically why we're supposed to do it. And so we're basing it off of, well, my Sunday school teacher told me, or my junior church teacher told me, or my youth pastor told me, or my pastor told me, and so I'm just guessing it's right. But at the end of the day, then, what we're doing is things that we are just assuming are right, but oftentimes we're not doing them with the right mindset, with the right heart. First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty two, a familiar passage. Uh, it says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. And what he's saying there is, okay, is it better for us to, to be religious or to obey? Is it better for us to be spiritual, so to say, or to obey God? Because sometimes those things go hand in hand, and other times they honestly just do not. And I want to be very careful of what I say today. But nonetheless, let's stick to this point. Samuel tells Saul, if you're not obeying God, then the sacrifices are they're empty. There's no purpose for him. It's just a show. And Psalm, David says twice in Psalm, Psalm 40, verse 6, Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire, mine ears hast thou opened. He was saying in this moment, David was saying, God, you didn't, you didn't care if I was burning an animal. You cared if I was obeying. You didn't desire the religious action. You desired my heart to be right which is going to result in the correct actions. Psalm 51, we, we've looked at this psalm recently. Uh, this is when Nathan approached David about his sin with Bathsheba, and David is praying to God, asking for forgiveness and asking for a restoration of his life. And in Psalm 51, verse 16, he says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, thou wilt not despise. Again, he comes back to this point. It, it, I can burn all the, the burnt offerings that I want, but if my heart isn't in it, what does it matter? It matters absolutely nothing at all. God doesn't desire the action. He desires the heart, and the heart will lead to the correct actions. 
And so David says, what God really wants from me is a broken and contrite heart, a heart that realizes I sinned and I was wrong and I'm guilty and I'm shamed because of it. And now I need to come back to God. That's what David was saying. So here in Mark chapter 7, we come to a point where the disciples uh, apparently ate, and before they ate, they didn't wash up first. Now, I know that's disgusting. I get that. And this is a good reminder that not all traditions are bad, right? They're not. But the point of this sermon here is a reminder to us that God didn't have traditions. We don't follow traditions, or we don't follow uh, um, what people say. We follow the Bible. We should. And if we'll set our life up on the Bible, then when people fail, I had a pastor that failed. And when people fail, we're not going to go, wait, is anything that they said true? Sadly, I know a few pastors who have fallen in different ways. And I talked with church members whose pastor is currently in prison, and there was confusion there. Well, wait a second. He really helped me in this area of my life. He counseled me, and he really helped me here. How can, how can God use that person to help me when, when he was doing these things? And see, if we base everything of our life off of what this person said or did, then when that person falls, it's going to bring confusion and question about everything else that they said. So if we'll stay biblical, get grounded in the Bible, have a foundation in the Bible, then it's going to help us. I want us to see three things today. Number one, the wrong mindset will bring the wrong question. The wrong mindset will bring the wrong question. And when I say the wrong mindset, I mean the mindset on, on how I build my life. If I'm building it off the Bible, that's going to be the right mindset. If I'm building it off of traditions or what other people have said, then it's going to bring wrong questions. Look here in verse number 1. Then, then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with, with defiled, that means they didn't wash, uh, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come uh, from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many other things there be which they have received a hold as washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Jesus, Why walk thou not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? This is the wrong question to ask. The, the Pharisees were asking the wrong question because they had the wrong mindset. The tradition of the elders is literally what was passed down from generation to generation. It had nothing to do with the law of Moses, which they had at that time, or the Bible. This was, there was many things that the Pharisees did that were under the law of Moses, that God gave to Moses, God gave to Israel to follow and to obey. And then there were other things that were traditions of the elders. That at some point, a guy said, we need to do this. Hey, washing your hands before you eat is a great idea. But then before long, that became a sign of your spirituality. It became something that you must do or now you're disobeying God. 
when the reality was it was simply just against the tradition of the elders. The tradition of the elders, if you're studying it out, is very simple. It's the tradition of the elders. It's the people who came in the past that put this into place, into writing eventually, and it became something that you were supposed to do. Look in verse 6. He answered and said unto them, Jesus answering, said, Well hath Isaiah, Isaiah uh, prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. This is an important few verses. Christ says to the Pharisees, He says, first of all, Isaiah was correct. Shocker. Uh, when he prophesied of you hypocrites. He's getting a little, uh, a little touchy, isn't he? And he says to the Pharisees, uh, I have an underlined in my Bible, verse 6, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their actions are they're telling people, I do this because I honor God. But their heart is not honoring God. How do we know that? Because they say, why aren't you following what Grandpa said to do? <laughs> it's interesting, I think. Because the wrong mindset is going to bring the wrong questions. So the, the Pharisees say, why are you not obeying what Grandpa or Great-Grandpa or Great-Great-Great-Grandpa said to do? And Jesus said, in layman's terms, show me in the Bible where I have to wash my hands before I eat bread. Now, if your kids say that to you, you go, smack, and you would say, I'll show you in the Bible. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. There you go. Boom. Taken care of. But that's what Jesus is saying. This isn't in, in, in the Bible. This isn't in the law of Moses. You didn't get this from God in any way, shape, or form. And now you just have these actions that are happening, and you don't even know why you're doing them. But it's because the guy who came before you said you're supposed to do this, and you never questioned it. If we have the mindset of tradition, we will always ask the wrong questions. Why do they have that haircut? Why are they wearing those clothes? Why are they listening to that music? And we should be asking, has anyone shared the gospel with them? Has anyone offered to disciple them, to take some time to show them from the Bible what is right and what is wrong? Has anyone been friendly to them? You see, when our heart is in the right place, we'll ask the right questions. Because the question that the Pharisees ask is similar to the questions that we oftentimes ask when we're being judgmental on people we don't even know. But don't they know they're not supposed to come to church looking like that? There's a good chance they don't. Why is that? It's because no one's befriended them. Because no one shared the gospel with them. It's because no one, after this gospel was shared, no one said, hey, would you mind meeting with me once a week and we can go through some, some key aspects of the Bible to kind of give you a foundation to, to, to grow on? The discipleship course that we do when someone gets saved at our church goes through basic principles of godly living. And we go through salvation and we go through baptism and we go through evangelizing and we go through some standards and things of that nature that, that help them get from the Bible how God wants them to live. And oftentimes we're so busy asking the wrong question and we're not doing what God wants us to do. Why do we ask that question? Because we are living off of tradition. You know what I used to think when I was seven years old walking through the store and I saw a guy wearing an earring? <laughs> I thought what my preacher said. 
about guys who wore earrings. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and I saw a guy with long hair, I would go, oh, that guy has long hair. Why did I think that way? Because I was told, and I believe the Bible teaches, but I was told long hair on men is, is, is wrong. Now you've got to get into the argument, well, what's long? You know, all that kind of stuff. We're not doing that today. You see, as a child, my mindset was, oh, that's bad. The older I get, and I'm thankful for the parents that I have, the older I got and the more that my dad would talk to me about biblical things and the more I understood it's okay to ask questions. My dad trained me, my mom trained me, and, and thankful for others, uh, other pastors that I've had that have helped me with this. Is, is We don't go, oh, no, no, you're bad. You've got long hair or you've got an earring or, or your clothes are, are too tight or whatever they are. And instead of doing that, we just go lovingly with the Bible and we start with the gospel. And if they've already received the gospel, then we go to discipleship and we go to training and, and we teach and we let God change the heart. But it comes back to this. What am I following? If I'm following traditions, I'm going to ask the wrong questions. We have the wrong mindset. The wrong mindset will bring wrong questions. Number two, the wrong mindset will bring vain worship, empty worship. Again, verse 7 says, How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. He's saying they are, they are saying that the commandments of men are doctrines, and they are not. Verse 9, And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. God says, In following your traditions, you are rejecting God. I believe if you were to ask Christ, I believe he would answer the way that I would answer. If you were to say, is it wrong for you to wash hands before you eat? Jesus would say, no. But he would also say, as he said here, is it wrong for you to say that washing your hands before you eat makes you spiritual? Is it wrong for me to say that washing your hands before you eat, if you didn't do it, then you're not right with God? No, that's not right. And when we follow the traditions, we reject God. Why is that? Because we're not listening to God. Because we're not obeying God. We're obeying what we believe to be true from someone else who's told us. Listen, I, I've said this a million times. I hope as your pastor, you trust me. I hope that you do. But everything that I say, you should be able to back up with the Bible. I, I try to, <laughs> I try, I, I do use the Bible when I preach. And I use it, uh, and I tell you when I'm sharing you with my opinion. But if you hear something that I say and you say, well, I've never heard that before. Well, take it to the Bible. If you've heard me say something that you've heard a million times over, take it to the Bible. Uh, let the Bible be the guide. But what happens is, is now we, be, we begin to miss what worshiping God is because we're following traditions instead of Bible. Actions are empty when the motive is wrong. If you're like me, you've been to church a few times in your life when you really weren't at church. Right? You've been there. You sang the songs. You stayed awake. When you went home, when you, you didn't get anything. 
you were daydreaming, you were thinking about something else, you were just you just weren't there. I've been there. Uh, I can I can say that since I became a pastor, it's been much different. But when I sat when I sat in the pews, I've been there. Wake up in the morning, should we go? Oh, I kind of have a little bit of a cough. Uh, I mean, I maybe. Yeah, I might have some, some boogies up there. Maybe we should stay home today. <laughs> no, I need to go to church. All right, I go to church. Sing the songs, sit in the service, eat lunch, have another service, go home. What did I get today? Not much. Just I don't have the guilt of not going to church. You see, we've been there before when we've had empty times of worship. But God says that the wrong mindset of following of traditions will consistently lead to uh, empty worship. Actions are empty if the motive is wrong. Following men's traditions is rejecting God's commandments. We are depending on traditions and following men instead of depending on God's word and following God. We spent a whole month, I believe, on standards a while back now and tried to remind us and encourage us to set our standards in our homes based off of what the Bible says and not off of what this pastor says. We, you know, uh, I grew up in a, in a place, and in a ministry. My dad was in the ministry, and, and uh, that ministry had rules and standards that we have followed because we were there in that ministry. But there were some rules or standards that my parents, they didn't, they didn't see how it was biblical, they didn't see, they didn't necessarily, uh, I say this, they didn't agree with it, but it wasn't like a big issue. We'll just follow it because we're here. Now they live somewhere else and they, they live by the standards in which they've built for their lives in the Bible. They're not under someone else's ministry now, so they can do as they believe God has set for their homes. I, I go back to music a lot because music was a big issue for me as a kid and a teenager and college student. And uh, for me, music was just, an, it was just, for me, I enjoy music. I really like music. Uh, I, music is emotional. If music's not emotional, then it's not music. Music is always emotional. There are times certain hymns that we sing and I tear up while we're singing them. It's emotional for me. Uh, now, I grew up listening to music that, that I will not let my children listen to. And uh, uh, I was cleaning out my garage this week and I found a CD in a box. Um, I'm not sure how it survived the different purges in my life, but it did. It's one CD. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but um, when I got that CD, boy, I was ecstatic that I had that CD. And and it was just funny to me. I just looked at it. Number one, how is that still here? All the other ones are gone. This one's still, still here. And uh, my kids were with me. We were cleaning out the garage. So we were pulling out all these CDs, classical music CDs and uh, camp CDs and different things. And all of a sudden, out comes this one. What's that, Dad? I said, boys, that's one of the best CDs I've ever owned. I said, but it's wrong and you're never going to listen to it. I'm very upfront with my children when it comes to this stuff. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where you look at it and go, boy, that's, you know, that was so important to me in my life. I would listen to music at night when we would go to bed. I'd listen to music in the car, depending on who was in the car, depending on the music that I would listen to. But for me, there was a point where there was a, there was a time where I knew it was wrong, 
Then there was a time where I, I, I got rid of it completely. I went from music to baseball. You know how boring baseball is? My kids tell me this all the time. Baseball's boring. Yes, that's why I used to listen to it when I go to bed at night. Um, I'd fall asleep very quickly. But then I picked it back up again, and, and I'd listen to it. I went to college and, and uh, had friends that listened to different kind of music. And um, I always told my sister, my sister enjoyed uh, some of the contemporary Christian music. Um, I said, uh, and I carried this theme for a long time in my life, if you're going to sin like sin, uh, why, listen, why listen to that when you could listen to this? Um, but uh, don't follow that motive, by the way. Don't sin. It's bad for you. For me, music became something that I just I liked. And because I liked it, I kept it. I knew it was wrong, but I kept it anyways. And there finally came a point in my life where I said, you know what, I may like this, I may enjoy it, but I know it's wrong and I, I need to get rid of it. And finally, apparently I didn't. I thought I did. Uh, apparently I didn't. I have one CD left. I texted my sister, hey, I found this CD. You want it? No, I don't want that. We come to this point in our lives, though, where we set a standard. We get a standard as kids. It's our parents' standard. Whatever our parents says goes. You live under my roof. You follow my rules. We follow a standard. But then eventually we get out of our parents' home, and now we have to, to set our own standards. And if we set them based off of what our parents said, they might be good, but if we set them off of what our parents said, eventually it's going to fall. And if we set it off what our pastor said, eventually it's going to fall. But if we'll set it to the Bible, then no matter what happens, it's going to be solid. Verse 13 says, uh, Making the word of God none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. So what, they, what he's saying to these people is you have these traditions set up, and, and what it's brought is vain worship, empty worship. Because you've built these standards that are built off of, of, of a person's decision. And then over the years and over the generations, you've held to this tradition and you've claimed for it to be godly, when in reality it's just a, it's just a guy's rule. And base what you do off of the Bible or else you will make the Bible of none effect. The Bible had no effect on their law of washing your hands before you eat. All right? There's nothing in the Bible about that. There are things in the Bible about how you should dress modestly. It doesn't say specifically this garment and this garment. Dress modestly. And distinctly, I believe the Bible teaches us, women should dress and look like women, and guys should dress and look like guys and we should do it in a way that's honoring to God. But on top of that, the Bible doesn't talk about uh, contemporary Christian music and which of it's okay and which of it's not. And the Bible doesn't talk about country music and rock music and rap music, but you know what the Bible does talk about? Things that are honoring to God and things that are dishonoring to God. And we use the principles that God teaches to establish the standard in our lives. Otherwise, if we just base it off of what some person told us, it will eventually fall through. I'm sure you know many people, as do I, who grew up in a conservative home, in a conservative church, that today is living a life that is, is honestly just evil. It's wicked. 
And I've asked the question, I've asked it to them, why? At the end of the day, most of those people, not all, most of those people lived a life that was told, do this, do this, do this, do this, and never told the Bible says to do this. And the Bible says to do this. And this is where the Bible says it. And so they live their life based solely off of obeying a person's standard. Even if it was biblical, they didn't realize it because they were never told from the Bible why. So we need to understand that a wrong mindset is going to bring vain worship. Most of the kids in my youth group today are not in church. Um, I had, when I was in seventh grade, I think we had maybe 30 kids in our youth group. Um, our youth pastor left, then we dropped down a little bit, then we got a new youth pastor, and we went up to about 70 kids in the youth group, and a very active youth group. And then that youth pastor left, and our pastor was sick and tired of youth pastors leaving, so he said, we're not going to hire another youth pastor. And, and he just kind of did it or had someone in the church help out with it. And so we had about 10 or 12 people the last two years I was in the youth group. But in that time frame from 7th to 12th grade, um, you know, with, with Facebook, you can kind of keep up with people. And, and uh, the large majority of the kids that I was in youth group with today aren't in church. We had a blast in youth group. We had a, an absolute blast. We played some great games, some fun things, some disgusting things. We, we, oh, man, they had the weird youth pastors. But um, we went to great retreats, and, and uh, we did some special things together. But at the end of the day, when our youth pastor left the first time, we lost people out of the youth group. Why? Because, well, the youth pastor wasn't there anymore. The foundation wasn't, it was, I think, I believe he was trying to build it, but the foundation was not yet built on you need to be in church because this is what the Bible teaches. Then when the other youth pastor left and we went from 70 to 12 kids in the youth group, that whole youth group was built on a person. And I love, I, I love him. He was, he was helpful to me. Well, you know, today he goes to a church that I wouldn't attend, my youth pastor. goes to a church that I wouldn't attend. Um, he does some things that I don't believe I should do. It's all based off of the wrong thing. And when we have the wrong mindset, when we're focusing on the wrong things, it's going to lead us to empty worship, and it's going to be proved in the later years of our life. Thirdly and lastly, the wrong mindset will bring a wrong understanding. This is crucial. The wrong mindset will bring a wrong understanding. Truth is found in the Bible, not in tradition. Um, <clears throat> in response to verses 2 through 5 that we've already read, where the Pharisees were talking about the disciples didn't wash their hands and they still ate, and, and uh, they probably didn't wash the vessels and all that stuff either. Um, so in response to that, look at Christ's response starting in verse 14. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. Skip down to verse, um, well, let's go ahead and do verse 15. There is nothing from without a man that entereth into him can defile him. But the things of which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. Listen to that verse again. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. What does that mean? Let's keep reading. Look in verse 18. Skip down to verse 18. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? 
Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. And he saith, uh, and he said, that uh, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, uh, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. There's a wrong understanding that the Pharisees had here is because you didn't wash your hands, that bread defiles your body. And God says, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. For the, that bread is not defiling the person. What comes out of his heart is what defiles him. For out of the heart come all these things that we read verse 21 through verse 23. You're not defiled by meat or by bread or by a pot, but by the heart. You spend all this time washing the meat. They would do this with meat where they would wash it and purge it, as it says here in the Bible. Purging the meat, cleaning it, cleansing it. They'd spend all this time to do this, yet no time washing their heart. And the heart is filthy. Verse 21 says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts. We don't get evil thoughts from, from unwashed bread or meat. That's in our heart. Deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. I skip verse 21. Uh, adulteries, fornications, and murders. That doesn't come from eating uncleansed food. That's already in you. And when that comes out, that's what defiles you. When the heart is filthy, the tradition is vain. We have to give up tradition, meaning we have to, to stop focusing on tradition. And as I've said, and I hope you understand this, not all tradition is bad. We do things for a purpose. Maybe we've done them for a long time for the right purpose. It doesn't make it bad because we've done it for a long time. But we have to get to the Bible and build a foundation biblically. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable uh, for doctrine, for, repro for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Alright, so the Bible is from God, and the Bible is by God. Somebody might need to let Daniel in. <laughs> the Bible is from God, and the Bible is by God. It is profitable, meaning it's useful. It's for our good, for doctrine, for teaching, for instruction for reproof, for convincing or convicting. All right? For convincing or convicting. The Bible convinces us, convicts us of what is wrong and to help us to do right. Uh, for correction or restoration, meaning uh, that I'm doing wrong and I need to do right. It corrects me. It, it brings me back to where I'm supposed to be. Uh, for instruction and in righteousness, for principles of what is right. It teaches me these things. That's what the Bible is profitable or useful for to my good. So if the Bible is going to uh, teach me, 
If the Bible is going to convict me, if the Bible is going to restore me, if the Bible is going to instruct me, then isn't that where I should go to get all of those things? Again, I just want to be careful with this. It's not that what people of the past have said is wrong. It's just that that's not what we're supposed to base things on. We're supposed to base it on the Bible. And if what they're saying matches up with the Bible, and that's what God wants us to do in our life, then we do it. But there are things that over time have kind of been added to the Bible. There are things that over time maybe, have, maybe were, were, were good and, and, and applicable in a certain time frame, but now really it isn't the same anymore. And so it, so it can change. There are clothes that they wore in the 60s and 70s that we just don't wear at all anymore, right? But I believe there were things in the 60s and 70s that, that were associated with evil that today is not that same association. So maybe it was wise to refrain from in the 60s and 70s, but today it really doesn't make that big of a difference. I'll use one example, and I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Movie theaters. <clears throat> Number one, obviously in the Bible, it doesn't say anything about movie theaters. We know that. Well, I grew up in a ministry that said you can't go to movie theaters. Why? Well, because that guy's dad, back in the 50s and 60s, said we're not going to movie theaters. I believe the association, I wasn't alive back then, but I believe the association with movie theaters in the 60s, 70s, and maybe early 80s was a place that you take someone to kind of be alone to do things that you're not supposed to do. It's dark. Everyone else is doing it. Whatever. In today's time, when I think of movie theater, I don't think of that. Now, I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't. <laughs> I think of Toy Story. I think of movies that I would rent. Now, I don't like going to movie theaters. I don't like people. I want to be around people. I'm not going to pay five bucks for popcorn, uh, all that kind of stuff. All right, I don't like movie theaters, but I don't think they're evil. I think you can go to a movie theater and watch a movie that's bad, and therefore it was wrong for you to go. Well, you see, that's a standard that was set, and I think had good intentions behind it at some point in time. But let's get back to the Bible on this. And maybe God will tell you, I don't think it's wise for you to go to movie theaters. Then I would say don't go to movie theaters. But it's just something that you should take to the Bible and take to God and ask God to help you with it as you set a standard in your, your home. 1 Peter 1.16 says, It is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. It goes back to Leviticus when God was, was speaking and He says, he says that, that you need to, you're sanctified, you're set apart, and you need to act like it. You need to be holy, for I am holy. I'm your example, so you should be holy too. Be what you are because of God. God is holy, God is perfect, God is righteous, and God gives you His Word so that you can live a life that is holy and that is righteous. So read God's Word, apply it to your life, ask God to help you, and then establish a foundation biblically and not off of traditions. Some traditions are fine, but we are not to follow traditions, we are simply to follow God. God is a God without traditions. He established everything from the beginning of time. He didn't say, well, we got to have a son because that's the way it's always been. He said, I want light. 
let there be light. God is a God without traditions, and many times throughout Christ's life on this earth, you see Him knocking down the traditions of man, reminding them. If you read through the, through the um, Sermon on the Mount, Christ preaching a sermon, every single point comes back to the, to the heart. Well, you say this, God says this. And He brings it all back to the heart. If your heart's not right, then what does it matter? Your actions are vain, they're empty. Now, I'm not saying, I must clarify this. If you wake up in the morning and go, oh, my heart's not right, so I just shouldn't go to church. Hold the boat. <laughs> Come to church. Maybe God will get your heart right. But God does say, if you're living a life that is action, 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 but the heart's not in it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There'll be pastors who are saved, but they're going to get to heaven. They're not going to have very many rewards. Because even though their life was filled with action, their heart wasn't in it. There are going to be missionaries who are going to get to heaven, and there aren't going to be very many rewards. Their life was full of action, but their heart wasn't right. There are going to be thousands of lay people that are going to get to church or to get to heaven and they served in this ministry and they helped in this area and they did this thing for God supposedly but their heart wasn't in it. They just did it because the action was right. God reminds us, I care about your heart. I care about your heart. Establish your standards. Establish your living off of the Bible, not off of tradition. I'm thankful for the people that God has placed in my life. I'm thankful for the pastors that I've had. I'm thankful for the youth pastors I've had. I'm thankful for the others that were in my life in different aspects of ministry that, that helped me. But nothing that I do, I've been influenced by them, but nothing that I do in ministry is based off of their opinion. It's based off of prayer and Bible. In my life, the standards that I have set for my home, the entertainment standards, the dress standards, the attitude standards, all of them, based off of prayer and Bible. I think my parents did well as parents. I think they did. I joked about it when my mom was here a few weeks ago. But I, I think they were very good parents. I think they established very good things in our lives. But I don't, I don't just do it because my dad did it. He influenced me, so sure, there's a lot of things I do similar the way my dad did. But at the end of the day, we have to set our standard on the Bible, on all standards. That's going to take some time. It's going to take some research. It's going to take some study of the Bible, not, not other books. Of the Bible. Don't read other people's opinions of what the Bible is telling you. Read the Bible and ask God to show you what He wants. And establish your life and the way that you live it based off the Bible. So that as life continues and trials come and other people fail and fall, that you don't get washed away with that going, wait a minute, none of it's true. Because I believe the Bible is true. And it can be that firm and steady foundation that we need. God is a God without traditions. The wrong mindset will bring the wrong questions. The wrong mindset will bring a wrong understanding. And the wrong mindset, oh, I'm sorry, and the wrong mindset will bring vain worship, empty worship. We don't want any of those things. 
Let's base our life on the Bible and follow the God without traditions. Lord, help us, I pray. Help us in our lives that we would live a life that you want us to live. God, I'm thankful for, for godly people in my life who have helped influence me and have, and have pointed me in the right direction. But Lord, I'm more thankful for your word that you've given me personally, that I can study, that I can research, that I can pray over and gain the knowledge and the wisdom that I need to live my life as an individual, as an employee, as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, as a friend, as a neighbor. Lord, I pray that you'd help each of us to have established in our lives a solid biblical foundation. And Lord, I pray that you continue to use people to, to help us and to influence us. But Lord, ultimately help our hearts to be focused simply on you and to follow what you'd have for us to do, I pray. In Jesus' precious name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we'll not raise hands. We'll not have an invitation today. I just want to encourage you with this in closing. If your life is currently being lived by, by things that you've not looked at biblically, would you take some time to research it in the Bible? Study it out. Know why you have the standards in your life that you have. Know why you do the things that you do. Know why you come to church. Know why you share the gospel with friends or relatives or strangers. Know why you have the things in your life that you have biblically. Pray and ask God to help you. I know that He will. Let's establish a foundation that cannot be moved. A foundation built on the Bible. Lord, give us what we need to do just that, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> all right, let's go ahead and get set up for lunch. And uh, once we're all set up and ready to go pray, I know not everybody's staying today, but... Uh,